Welcome to season two of the Creative Sober podcast, where you will hear personal stories from sober creatives on what inspires their creative process and what works for them to stay sober. I'm your host and sober creative, Missing May. I find myself growing from these conversations as I continue to deepen my own roots in recovery. I hope they help you too. In this episode, I meet up with Allie K. Campbell, a digital content creator and entertainer on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. Her hot topics are on sobriety, queerness, and ADHD. She shares her story of finding sobriety, her new approaches to content creation, and launching her first publication, The Sober Hobbies Activity Book and Journal. I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. Let's get right into it. Welcome to the show, Allie. How are you doing? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well. And how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. I'm excited about starting season two um, of our podcast. Um, we got some really awesome feedback on the last season. And um, yeah, I'm just excited to see where this season takes us. And um, thank you so much for being the first guest. I'm really excited about it. I appreciate you having me on and, and asking me and even just, you know, like seeing me as, as a creative, that's very validating and feels good. Um, appreciate it a lot. That's where we kind of want to go into the conversation. Um, I'm glad that you identify as a creative and that's, that's what I get when I look at your content. Um, I came across mm -hmm. the accounts in Instagram and when your account were one of the first that really inspired me. What it did for me is that I could look at sobriety it, through a different lens, um, real talk, and a lot of like being able to soften what it feels like sometimes really hard in vulnerability. So you're able to do that with finesse and uh, humor, you know, going back to that. So, and uh, how, how did you get into content creation or is, is that how you identify what you do? Well, first of all, I need to say thank you for saying all that because that was probably like top five nicest things anybody's ever said about me. Um, and and yes, that that is how I um, describe myself, I guess, from a creative slash professional point of view. Uh, I would say I'm a digital content creator. Um, and that that is really like the style that I, I, I try to bring forward is like bringing this sense of of levity of humor of fun to like a very traditionally like heavy stiff mm -hmm. under understandably heavy yeah. understandably stiff topic um and and just connecting with people and 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 trying my best to have people to relate in in a more lighthearted way how long have you been doing content creation you know it's kind of weird because when I started doing it, the, the, the term content creator, like didn't really exist. Like I remember I was thinking about this, like right before we started the, the podcast, cause I had a feeling we'd probably be talking about this. And I remember like, even as a kid, I always, I had like a video camera, like before we had phones that had video cameras on them that had phones. Like I had 
uh, a hand cam and I would just like bring it around everywhere and kind of document my family or my friends. Um, once I finally got like a computer with um, uh, an attachable uh, camera on top yeah. of it, I would like get my friends to come in because they didn't have them built in yet. I would get my friends to come in and um, like make skits and like have them come on camera with me. And I just always had this really strong pull towards video and um, creating video, but I didn't really quite know how or where, you know what I mean? Like um, it always kind of went between writing. So I started writing blogs like before blogs were really a thing like when it very very first started becoming like a popular thing I started trying that out and that was kind of my first taste at content creation um and I really really I loved it and I think connecting like those two different mediums was it finding like the sweet spot for me was writing for videos so writing scripts, writing skits, um, writing dialogue is really fun for me. That's, that's the kind of stuff that I really like to create. And I think that's why I gravitated more towards like YouTube and TikTok because it's more of a video. They're both more video based platforms, obviously. Um, but I mean, creating like what we can call content today, I would say I've been doing it probably since I was a teenager. So probably for, for over 10 years, I think that's that's your edge too. Is that you have uh, what it seems like a solid foundation of storytelling, and mm. as like we accumulated uh, technology and online presence, that you have this, and you're you're putting the two together, and you're creating the content that you're doing today, which is amazing. Yeah, I remember when I like first started. Cause I, I went to school for writing. I, I have a degree in creative writing and English and I, I got my first writing gig was like, um, like writing about like interior design and like, I know nothing about interior design at all, but like doing like jobs like that for like five bucks here and there was, was so helpful because it, it gave me a taste for what it was like to, be creating something for an audience and like putting my own spin on it, my own style into it while keeping in mind that I'm writing it for somebody else, if, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it totally does. And um, yeah, let's, let's talk about your audience. You know, you have it, it seems that you do have a specific type of audience. Um, that are yeah. drawn to your content creation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like, it, you know, as we know each other uh, through Instagram and online, we have uh, a narrative around sobriety. And for sure. Yeah. What, what are you um, comfortable talking about as, as far as your sobriety and what that journey looks like? Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, as far as, my audience. I laugh when you say that because it's still like funny to me that I even have one. Um, but, but I think, I think honestly, it's a lot of people who, um, are queer, right. Um, who are maybe ADHD or some other version of neurodivergent or otherwise have somehow been involved in the mental health system, which I had been for 
for as long, probably longer than I've been creating content. Um, and I would say also people who can understand where I'm coming from with the jokes and the humor and not be super offended by it or, or just know that it's coming from a, a good place. Um, it's not for everybody. I'll definitely say that. But as far as like my, my sobriety journey goes, it, it's been a long, complicated road. Um, I, I started in a traditional 12 step program. I started off in an NA and it's a weird story because I wasn't actually to go back even further. Um, the first time I was introduced to any kind of sobriety program was by, um, force of the law. Like I was, I was <laughs> legally bound to go to meetings when I was like 18 years old because I got a DUI. So I had to go. Um, and that was like my first kind of taste of a program, but I have wanted nothing to do with it and wanted nothing to do with sobriety. So, um, I needed like another 11 years of doing really fucked up shit <laughs> until I was like, Oh, maybe this yeah. is a good idea. Um, but you know, circumstances ended me up in the rooms again. Um, at that point it was more so because I was dating somebody at the time who had a very real heroin addiction and I was kind of trying to very unhealthily like keep an eye on them. So I ended up going to the meetings with them. This sounds awful to make sure that they were at the meetings. Um, but in doing so, and I've become much more healthier in my relationships. I'd like to point that out. Um, I couldn't help but listen to what they were saying. Right. And I couldn't help but relate. I couldn't help but hear them say, you know, things about feeling like they had no control over the substances they were taking, feeling like their lives were unmanageable because of their drinking or their drugging or whatever it may be. And I think after a certain point, like something clicked in me that was kind of like, okay, maybe I belong here too. Um, and again, spent a couple more years doing my thing first. But uh, when that relationship eventually ended, like that week, um, well, right before that relationship ended, I kind of had an ultimatum of get sober or like I'm leaving you. And I decided to get sober and the relationship didn't last, but my sobriety did, which I'm just super grateful for. And, and is just like kind of a miracle in itself because I don't know how much heartbreak you've experienced, but like, you know, the real big one, like the one that really fucks you up. Yeah. It stays with like you. that was mine. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that was mine. So like it stays with you. Exactly. And like to get through that sober was like such a, gift because if I was able to get through that sober, then there was this belief building in me that I can get through anything sober. So I stayed, I stayed in, in, in the program for, um, a couple of years and eventually, um, just, just for a, a difference in, in values, I guess you could say, I ended up seeking out like alternative methods to recovery and that's kind of what I've been doing ever since. So, so now I, um, I, I focus more on programs that are, they have more of like an Eastern feel to them, more like Buddhism and things like that. 
-hmm. And that's, that's been working for me, but, um, I'm, I'm not one to say that this is always how it's going to be or that it won't change. Like I'm very much an advocate of you can do something and it works until it stops working because that was what, what the deal was with my addiction, right? It was working until it was no longer working. And then I needed to change something. So, you know, 12 step was working for me until it was no longer working. So I needed to change something. And I think that's something that I really often push in my content to let people know that not to bash any one way, because I think all pathways are valid, but just to let them know that it's okay to, to change your mind. It's okay to look at alternatives. It's okay to do something different and, and to trust yourself and follow your intuition, especially after you've had a little bit of time sober. Yeah. I'm glad you touched on that because there's something to be said around being fluid uh, and it's with, with your recovery. Or, I think that's where we get caught up is having to label something mm-hmm. or what we're doing, what we identify as. It's that label. I find some of my story and what you shared where I've been through a, a 12-step program. And this is my second time in recovery. And mm-hmm. in the first recovery, uh, everything was 12-step. And then this time around, I do have that foundation of what the rooms are and, you know, all the steps and what to be mindful of. But there's also a lot of other resources now that I can tap into. And I don't want to like downgrade it, but like customize what my recovery journey looks like. If I'm doing something and it's keeping me sober, I'm going to keep doing that. And the thing that I was doing didn't work when it was nine months sober, <laughs> like for some yeah. reason, like I don't, it's because probably the work and the growth that has happened since then or wh- whatever it may be, you know, like you said, that intuition to be able to tap in and listen to that and listen to what your body, your mind, your spirit needs and follow yeah. that um, because yeah. that's always going to lead you to at the end goal. It's about living a healthy, happy life whatever that may look like. It's, um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I love what you added to it. Like it's, that's just, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I didn't know that that was, you know, part of, part of your story as well. And the more I hear people like identify with that, the more comfortable I feel sharing it because there's still some shame around it. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Because, you know, you know, 12 step is the most, known it's you know the most popular kid on the block on the block it's you know uh, healthcare from a healthcare perspective it's really one of the only ones that's even considered um you know a, a form of treatment outside of rehab but most of them do 12 step as well so um it's 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 a really it's a really tricky topic to talk about um and, and, and it informs my creative process a lot. I, I do feel like I'm uh, sometimes tiptoeing, sometimes walking on eggshells and like other times I'm, I'm running hundred miles an hour over like cartons of eggs and just not giving a shit. But like other times I'm like, okay, I need to be really careful about what I'm saying here because I don't want people to, for instance, like, you know, get the idea that I think one path of recovery is more effective than the other, or that if they're, if they're doing this one path, 
that it's wrong for them to keep doing that. Like what you said about customizing is so, so important. It is like a DIY approach to recovery. And like when I first got sober, it was like four years ago. So it, it, that wasn't even an option. You know what I mean? Like there were no, well, there were, but they weren't as well known. Um, there were no like 12 steps, 12 step offshoots. There were no like recover, uh, sobriety schools. There was no like, you know, recovery for the revolution. Like if you know, Carolyn on, on Instagram, um, like none of that existed. So, or it just wasn't as, as, as present, um, as it is now. And the fact that we have this ability to customize, uh, our recovery and kind of do, um, a patchwork recovery is like really, really beautiful. It's, it, it, I, I think it honestly kind of makes us all creatives in a sense, you know, we're, we're, we're dipping our paintbrush into different like colors and shades and just kind of like throwing it at the wall and seeing what sticks and continuing with that. I liked, I liked the term, um, sobriety toolbox too. Mm. Um, yeah, for sure. I think, I think that's the lesbian. lesbian in me. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh my God. I, I have a whole series on, on my YouTube channel and it's called the sobriety toolbox series. And like you just saying that, like now I'm just putting two and two together. That was definitely like a Freudian lesbian slip of me just like (laughs) trying to hearken my lesbian uh my lesbian background so you're all good it's all good it's it's yeah language now (laughs) it's true it's true yeah it's um you know filling up that uh that toolbox or your toolkit or sobriety toolkit and um you know i i'm finding that i'm having to upgrade what i what i used to what used to help me and it's not you know clearing the table of it it's just i think you know going back to what you were saying the language around recovery or sobriety we weren't so open talking about like mental health or wellness mm. what was there such right. thing as a life coach i don't i don't know you know <laughs> like things like that there's yeah yeah there's a lot of avenues um yeah that we can now explore which is great. Yeah. Yeah. We're going the next level. So I'm excited that we're a part of this. (laughs) Yeah. What a time to be alive. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I say that. And I say that with genuine, what a time to be alive. I'm serious, May. (laughs) (laughs) And well, can you take us back? What, what did the crossroads look like when you were creating under the influence? versus mm. creating content now? So I didn't create much of anything when I was drinking and using. And I attribute that to a couple of things. Primarily, I would say it was because I had no time. <laughs> like mm. I was very, very busy getting drunk. I was very, very busy getting high. And then I was very, very busy recovering from getting drunk and high. and trying to right the wrongs that I caused while I was drunk and high. Um, And that's not to say that my entire, you know, drinking and using career was like this awful train wreck mess, which it kind of was, but like it, it was just, it was a full-time job. Um, 
in, in one way or another, even if it didn't necessarily have to do with like, um, like a drunken event or something like that happening, um, any time that I would use or drink, there would be some kind of consequence that would set off another series of consequences, whether it was a mental health thing or I, the medication I was taking wasn't working properly because I refused to stop drinking. Something was going on in my life. I was in constant crisis. Um, so even though I was telling myself constantly and I felt like in my heart that I was a creative, that I was a creator, I wasn't executing on it. And that made everything so much worse because then on top of, um, on top of the vicious cycle of like drinking and using and cleaning up the mess. Um, I also had this shame about like, I wasn't meeting my full potential and that I didn't know how to do what I wanted to do. It was like, I, I, I love film. And like, I, I, I applied to, um, the school of visual arts in, in New York. And then like, just stopped halfway through. Um, I, you know, I was in college for English and then I, I got kicked out, you know, like I, I, I was doing all of these things and then destructing and like losing it. And it was just kind of like <sighs> perpetuating this idea that I'm not a good artist. I'm not a good writer. I'm, I, I can never make a film. I can never write a screenplay. I can never write a script. I can never do this. I can never do that. And it wasn't until I got sober that I even truly like started um, creating content and creating videos um, that that were public facing, right? Um, I would mess around a little bit here and there, but like no no solid ideas, no um, direction, no drive, no motivation. Uh, it was very flippant. So I don't if I if I had never gotten sober, I don't know that I would even be really doing this kind of thing. Like, I, I don't think that I would have had the wherewithal to do it. I couldn't help but like hear you say that you had a sense that you weren't reaching your full potential um, yeah. while you were using. Was that something that you always knew um, while you were in, in active addiction? Or is that something that you came to after you got sober? I think that it was a belief I had even prior to being introduced to alcohol or drugs. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I was diagnosed ADHD as a pretty young kid. And my experience with, with that was um, a lot of the textbook experience of what you hear about um, these kids kind of having their teachers and their parents and the people, the adults around them being like, what's wrong with you? Like, why can't you just do what we're telling you to do? Why can't you just understand the directions? Why can't you just succeed? Um, so having that kind of, why can't you just echo through my mm -hmm. mind? Yeah. Um, it grew up with me. Um, and I think it kind of like internalized this belief of, um, you won't, you won't meet your full potential. And then the alcohol and the drugs fuel that fire and um, the lack of like proper mental health diagnosis fueled that fire. Um, the constant toxic relationships fueled that fire. So it was just like 
everything in my life was working against me viewing myself as a worthy human being or somebody who could reach their potential. Like if I'm being completely honest, like I, I genuinely did not believe that I was going to live past like 22 or 23 years old. Like there was just no way. And now I'm 31. Like get the fuck yeah. out of here. I was like, that's impossible. Like wow, there's no way. So young though. You're like, I'm 31. No, oh, I'm 22. 22. <laughs> I was 31 still young too. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I, I know it's, it's, it's super, it's a tragic yeah. thing to even think, but like I was just drinking so hard and using so hard that it was like, I, I just was at this point where it's like, I'm, I was, well, I was actively suicidal, but like, I was also passively suicidal. So you might have to put a trigger warning on this, but I, I said, like, I'm not going to go out of my way to try and take my own life. But if I'm just going about like doing my thing and I happen to die because I'm in these awful danger situations, then like, so be it. And like, I can't imagine thinking like that now. Like I can't imagine thinking like that. And, and, you know, sobriety is really the, the, the main piece of the puzzle that allowed me to work on anything else that um, was contributing to that really, really negative, depressing, um, nihilistic, just kind of like sad viewpoint of myself and the world, really. Thank you so much for sharing that part of your story. Um, it's intimate and vulnerable, and it's also, you're on the other side. So it's like, mm. it's really optimistic and really hopeful that you've come this far, and I'm really happy that you are here and that we're having this conversation. And, you know, I hope as, as much as we all support you that, you're telling yourself congratulations every day that you made it, you know, one more day. So thank you for sharing that part. Thank you for like holding the space for me to, you know, feel safe enough to share that because I, I don't share that on like, I've been on other podcasts before and that's not something like I, I say flippantly, but um, it, it, it felt like something, you know, a necessary part of my story to, to mention. And Yes, the fact that you said like I'm on the other side of it now, like that's that's why I'm more open about sharing it now because I'm not in it anymore. Like I, I do feel like I've come through and I, I have a hard time still like celebrating myself. I, I struggle to, you know, give myself pats in the back and I blame that on astrology. I had too many Capricorn placements. Um <laughs> so but at least I'm not blaming it on my parents anymore. Uh, oh, you know what? I'm still working on that. <laughs> see? We're all works in progress. That's it. But oh my gosh, it's like my last hurdle, or it feels like it. Well, I mean, you, you, that, that's a lifelong the last one. one, right? That's the words, right? And then there's something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, to be very, you know, frank, like mine's not completely fixed. Like it, it's still can, <laughs> there can still be a lot done, but um, it, right now it feels I, I I feel more comfortable blaming the stars. Um, <laughs> Like, but, I, like to, I like to call it shadow work, right? <laughs> shadow work. Yeah. I love that term. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what is, what is sobriety giving back to you or what, what's, mm. what, what's the next level? What's this world look like for you? 
because you, you've chosen to lead this life? What has sobriety given back to me? I would say it has given me clarity. It has given me opportunity. It has given me connection. It's given me spirituality. Um, it's given me perspective. Um, it's, 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 it's really given me everything I have, um, today. So I, I, I can't be grateful enough. And, um, you know, part of my brand is like seeming really like edgy and cool, but like, you know, at the end of the day, like you're never too cool for gratitude. Nope. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, you know, that that's that's something I do every day, every day, every morning. Like that's what my my life looks like today. It's getting up and the first thing I do is say thank you. Like thank you when my feet hit the ground. Thank you as I walk to the bathroom to brush my teeth. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I don't know who the fuck I'm thanking. Like the universe, my higher power, awareness itself, like I whoever, I don't care. I'm just trying to like put out the fact that there is graciousness and there's gratitude here. Um, because even when shit goes wrong and shit does go wrong, like it's not all, you know, like rainbows and butterflies, but like, it's not as bad as it was. It's not nearly as bad as it was. And it's a different kind of bad, <laughs> um, a good bad sometimes. Um, so yeah, like sobriety gives me all those things. And I would say like, it's, it's really helped me to gain self-esteem and to uh, like recognize my value, my worth as a person um, and like pursue my goals, like pursue my dreams. Like I was saying, like I, I couldn't, I couldn't create when I was, when I was drinking and using um, for whatever the reason was, you know? Um, and now I have this goal of, you know, spreading whatever this, this message is that I'm spreading and, and creating this content. And my, my, my big kind of goal is that eventually like, this is going to be all I do to support myself. Like financially, um, I just want to be creating content about sobriety, about being queer, about having ADHD, making people laugh, the intersectionality of those things. And, and all of that, like I'm able to pursue these things because I'm not <laughs> burning my life on fire every single day by doing just crazy, crazy stuff, you know, um, sobriety's, sobriety's given me that and the, the list goes on and on and on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely agree. Sobriety definitely gives back, um, energy and time, mm -hmm. uh, resources, money. <laughs> like, all Oh Yeah. All the above, the things that we do need, um, the resources that easily get uh, dumped into an addiction really quickly, um, and then nothing to show for it, for sure. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I like that you, are, you have a goal for uh, what's driving your passion right now with your message and wanting that to be what you do for a living it aligns really well with doing what you love, which ends yeah. up not feeling like work. And that's we all, we all want to get there. And so that's, that's an amazing goal to, to set for yourself. 
Thank you. What, what kind of projects or anything, is there anything on deck for you that's coming up that we should watch out for or look for? Yeah, yeah. So um, I've recommitted to making a video a week on YouTube again. So that's nice. kind of where my whole platform started. It was, it was called Young, Dumb and Sober prior to me like renaming it as, as myself because one of my friends, Abel, who I started the channel with, uh, decided to move on. So I had to go through a little identity crisis there. Um, I, I took a little bit of a break from, from YouTube. As you know, we kind of like briefly discussed it on Instagram. And now I feel really good about starting back there and really like focusing on creating content on, on that medium and um, using the other platforms more so as supplemental content just to kind of like get my name out there, get my brand out there, get the message out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to give up on, you know, making it big on YouTube, even though it sounds crazy, but like that was partly what pushed me to start in the first place. And I want to see that through. Um, so I'm like recommitting to that in the new year. And I'm also creating a, a workbook, like a digital workbook that is going to help people find their hobbies in sobriety um, because one of the biggest things that people or one of the things that people ask me about most frequently whether it's on instagram or youtube or wherever it may be it's like how do i even find what i like like i don't even know where to start i i i only know drinking and i only know drugging like I don't know what I like. Um, and people who don't drink and drug have that issue a lot of the time. You know what I mean? Um, and I feel like I, I can speak to that because of like a lot of what I just shared with you, like feeling like I, I didn't know myself when I was using and I was drinking and I, I wanted, I had this vague direction of things that I wanted to do. I felt like I was a creative. I felt like I was a creator, but I didn't know quite how to execute on it. And now I, I, I kind of want to help people like forge that path for themselves and just figure out what they like, figure out what they like doing for fun um, in sobriety. Just the fact that they can even realize that it's possible, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that it's possible to have fun in sobriety. In fact, it's very likely and I highly encourage it. To, I highly encourage everyone to try it, you know, um, which kind of starts with like the belief that it's possible, right? Yeah, it's um, about putting, just starting with putting that groove in the road. You know, absolutely. You walk that line, it, the deeper it gets and the wider it gets too. Yeah, and you get to know yourself along the way. So, um, I mean, I, I've had 75,000 different uh, publishing dates that I've been talking about, um, but like that's the ADHD brain and I'm working with it. So um, when it goes out, it goes out and it's going to be, fine the way it is but in the meantime i'm I'm going to be making more content around that too um about um helping people just find like what they like to do in their spare time that isn't drinking and drugging or like watching tv like or sitting on their phone mindlessly scrolling through social media not that there's anything wrong with the last two things but (laughs) um in my experience it's um it's a time sucker. It's an energy sucker. It's a soul sucker. Uh, and it in itself can be very addictive. Um, 
so yeah, that's, that's kind of like where I'm, that's the direction I'm going in at the moment. And in the meantime, just, you know, trying to get some laughs in the process. Well, that sounds all exciting. So like, let's go back to your book or did you call it a workbook? Yeah, it's going to be like a workbook. Um, Is it going to be like a workbook or is it going to be like a series? Well, I, the title is the, the real fun sobriety handbook. I don't know if I want handbook or workbook or I want workbook with the work cut out and called playbook. That would make a lot of sense. Um, right. Uh, activity book and journal. So it's going to have basically, um, the categories of hobbies from like an umbrella standpoint, like you have your spiritual hobbies, you have your nature hobbies, you have your physical hobbies, you have your social hobbies, whatever they might be. Um, and then kind of like, uh, quizzes and activities and journal prompts for people to self-assess and find out which category they fall into um, most easily. And then if they want um, to do a follow-up just focused on nurturing the hobbies within that category. Um, and then kind of like reassessing, looking back and saying, okay, so I kind of liked this. This was fun, but I'm not like, totally jiving with it well then like go to the one that is your second highest score and then you have like another three months to try those hobbies like you have to try something for long enough Mm -hmm. uh, of a time and be consistent enough with it to actually figure out if you like it you know so um kind of helping people like guide through that process and um yeah that's that that's the that's the skeleton of it that's that's like the the umbrella of it but um, I'm still well, very we, much like working on it. If, if you ever need volunteers for your test focus group, uh, I love Yes. That. Okay. For fun. Yeah. I love that. I didn't even think of that. And now like, that's a great idea. That's yeah. a great idea. <laughs> that's awesome. Ellie, we're towards the end of our, our episode. I hope that we can revisit this conversation again and check in and I'm a really Hope that space opens up for us. Um, we'd like to close the episode with, you know, just sharing something that you would tell someone or some words of wisdom or tools or, or tips. I would say do your best to remain open-minded or become open-minded about the prospect of healing. You don't have to be 100% ready to stop drinking or stop using. You don't have to be 100% ready to be um, sober or to start the process or the mental health process, whatever path you need to go on. But I feel very strongly about the fact that we do have to have some form of belief that it's possible. So if all you can do today is believe even for half a second that sobriety is possible for you, then I think you're a fucking rock star and you're doing great. And that's amazing. And whatever you did to believe that for like a second today, do it again tomorrow and try it for two seconds. And then the next day, do it for three seconds. And the next day, 
just keep saying it over and over again. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. Because I was somebody who thought it was absolutely impossible. Like I, I said, I did not think I was going to live past two decades of life, you know, and here I am a decade later, like just believe it a little bit and let that, let that grow, nurture it. Oh man. I love that. That's, that's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Where can we find you? Um, out to you. We, we can reach out to me on, <laughs> on you, uh, on youtube.com slash Allie K Campbell. Instagram, my handle is Allie K Campbell. Uh, TikTok, it's Allie.K.Campbell because apparently someone has my fucking name. Um, and, or you can just Google me. And, um, but you make sure you use the K, Allie K Campbell. Uh, and all my stuff will pop up. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's it. Or you can like email me at who is at AllieKCampbell.com. I'm all over the internet. I'm aspiring internet person. That's my new title. So, um, I'm not, I'm not hard to find. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Slash multi, multi potentialite. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Multi hyphenate, (laughs) multi potentialite, uh, all, all the things, all the things. Allie K. Campbell. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's going to okay. be my brand. Allie K. Campbell. All of the things. All of the things. <laughs> I actually love that. We're a good team. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. And um, it's been a real privilege and honor to finally meet you. And again, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Um, yeah, take care. Well, thank you so and- much for having me. Absolutely. It's, it's my honor. And, um, I, I, I feel like, um, you know, our conversation is going to help a lot of folks and even if it's just one, um, that's what counts. So thank you so much for your time. After speaking with Allie, it feels like I found a friend. There's something to be said when you're around someone who is comfortable on their own path. You can find Allie all over the web where you are being social, but be sure to subscribe to her YouTube account at Allie K. Campbell. If you liked what you heard, please rate, subscribe, and leave us a review where you are listening to this podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at The Creative Sober. Thank you for listening to The Creative Sober Podcast. I am your host, Missing May. Until next time. Stay healthy, stay creative.